You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. This psalm is also a plea to God. I mean, really should be seen as David begging God to help him. Pleading with God to help him in the midst of what it seems uh, is these treacherous enemies, as numerous as they are, that have risen up against him. Throughout David's life, he had many enemies, but he had a friend in God. As we continue our journey through Psalms in today's message with Pastor J.D., we once again encounter the vulnerable heart of the psalmist. David was not afraid to humble himself and put his weakness on display before God. And God always came through in a mighty way to meet his needs and vanquish his enemies. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 24 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. All right, let's jump in. Psalm 24, it's a psalm of David. Verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol. By the way, uh, much of what we're going to see tonight in the Psalms that we're going to go through are going to sound like songs that we sing. And the reason for that is because these are songs that we sing. (laughs) I know that's deeply profound, but uh, I'll try not to break out in song. I don't want to do that to you. But these are words that are penned by David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, and the psalms are indeed that, songs that were sung in praise to the Lord. So verse 4, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob. The generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, Selah. Again, a pause, a time to meditate and consider. Lift up your heads, verse 7, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. The Lord mighty in battle. That's who this King of glory is. Verse 9. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. And then again, who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. So we have an interesting psalm here. It needs to be understood 
in the context of the two Psalms before it. Psalm 22, which we studied through, and then the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 22 is about Jesus redeeming us. Remember the statement that he makes prophetically that I am a worm, being the scarlet worm that affixes itself to a tree to die. This is what Jesus said on the cross in Psalm 22. And so it's a psalm about Jesus redeeming us. Then Psalm 23 is about Jesus shepherding us. And then Psalm 24 here is about Jesus coming back for us. And that's why they kind of paint the whole picture from front to finish. G. Camel Morgan of this wrote, By our calendars, yesterday he passed through Psalm 22. Today he is exercising the office of Psalm 23. Tomorrow he will exercise finally the authority of Psalm 24 as the king of glory when he comes again. Psalm 25. See, we're doing pretty good. Again, a Psalm of David. Verse 1, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, verse 3, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me. For your goodness sake, O Lord, good, verse 8, and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Verse 12. Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn yourself to me, verse 16, and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look on my affliction and my pain and Forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Keep my soul 
and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. Let integrity, verse 21, and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all their troubles. Now if this reads, of course we're reading it in the English translation, but in the original Hebrew, it's kind of a unique psalm in the sense that it's one of the, uh, what's known as acrostic psalms. Acrostic being the letter in the psalms, the letters uh, actually create a word. And it also adds a literary and poetic beauty to the writing of the psalm. And it also makes it easier to memorize. Actually, I employed this when I, many years ago, wanted to memorize all of the books of the Bible, the names of the books of the Bible. So I took the first letter of each of the books of the Bible, and such is the case with this psalm. And there's actually many acrostic psalms, Psalm 9, 10, 11, 25, 34, 37. These are, these are just amazing psalms, for lack of a better word. And then Psalm 112, Psalm 119. How many of you know about Psalm 119? It's the longest of all the psalms. And it just so happens to be a psalm about the Word of God. How appropriate and fitting. And then lastly, uh, Psalm 145 is also an acrostic psalm. Now, in addition to being an acrostic psalm, this psalm is also a plea to God. I mean, really should be seen as David begging God to help him. Pleading with God to help him in the midst of what it seems uh, is these treacherous enemies, as numerous as they are, that have risen up against him. Throughout David's life, he had many enemies, but he had a friend in God. God did rise and help him against all those enemies that were against him. Psalm 26, another Psalm of David, verse 1, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have also trusted in the Lord. I shall not slip. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. That's a dangerous prayer. You really want to be uh, confident, and we'll talk about that before you pray a prayer like that. Lord, search my heart and prove me. Examine me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, please know that David is in no way suggesting that he's sinless or perfect, but he is righteous. And even moreover, he is blameless. Verse 3 for your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. I have not sat with idolatrous mortals, nor will I go in with hypocrites. And I like verse 5. He says, I have hated the assembly of evildoers, and will not sit with the wicked. This is what the Proverbs refers to as the result of the fear of God. 
To fear the Lord is to hate evil. To want nothing to do with evildoers. Those who are idolatrous. The assembly of evildoers. And this idea here in verse 5 about not sitting with the wicked. It carries with it this notion that to sit with is to be comfortable with those who are wicked. In other words, to be comfortable in a wicked and evil environment. I will never sit with them. I will never be comfortable in that environment. In verse 6 he says, I will wash my hands in innocence. This is actually an idiom of, of sorts. Uh, we see it in the Middle East uh, today in my culture, uh, in Arabic, we, there is a, a saying about, I, I wash my hands of this. I, have, I, have, wa- I want nothing to do with this. Th- this, this is n- not to be named. I am innocent of this. I am blameless in this. I wash my hands of this. And then he says, so I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may proclaim, verse 7, with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Do not gather my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men in whose hands is a sinister scheme, and whose right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, verse 11, I will walk in my integrity, redeem me, and be merciful to me. My foot stands in an even place. In the congregations, I will bless the Lord. One of the things that stands out to me in Psalm 26 is this sanctified confidence that David has. And there's a reason why he has such a boldness and a confidence in his righteousness before God, his integrity, his purity before the Lord. One of the things that is uh, interesting to me, in fact, I can't wait until we get to the armor in uh, Ephesians 6, we have this description, this comparison really, to the armor in the spiritual sense representing different parts of the weaponry that we have and the defense that we have in this spiritual warfare that we're up against. And there's the belt of truth, the shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, There's the sword of the spirit, only offensive weapon in the entire armor. The helmet of salvation, uh, protecting the mind. The shield of faith, which above all locks tongue and groove. And it extinguishes the flaming arrows that are thrown by the evil one. But there's this one uh, piece of the armor that is the breastplate of righteousness. I heard a teaching recently, and I never really saw it in this way, but it just really kind of made sense. You know how when you've heard truth, there's something within your spirit that sort of bears witness with the Holy Spirit, and there's just the sense that, man, that that's it. It really kind of opened up the eyes of my understanding, and it was basically this, and this uh, kind of speaks to this, this confidence that David had in this psalm. So, Uh, See the breastplate as 
protecting the vital organs in your body, chiefly that of the heart, which arguably is the most important part of our body. And so this breastplate protects us and protects our heart. I think of that proverb that says, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. And we have to be so careful when it comes to our heart before the Lord. So here's the thought. If our heart is right, we have this, when I say righteousness, not self-righteousness. Isaiah says our own righteousness is as filthy rags. No, this is not so much a righteousness in and of ourselves. See it like this, a rightness with God. Our hearts are right. We're walking in righteousness before the Lord. And there comes now with that this, this boldness, this confidence, this protection. And if you don't have that, if you're not walking uprightly, if I can say it that way, you're not right with the Lord in your heart, then you're vulnerable. And the enemy wants and looks even for that vulnerability because, in fact, forget the helmet. You can have the helmet on. You can have the sword all you want. You can have the shoes on. You can have the belt of truth. You can have all of the pieces of the armor. You can have the shield of faith. But man, if you don't have that breastplate, you're a sitting duck. And he's got you. Because all it takes is one arrow to the heart. And if that breastplate of rightness, uprightness with God, this righteousness before God, then you don't have that protection. And that's what David has here. He knows that he's right before the Lord. And he even says to the Lord, examine my heart. Examine me. And see, I think about Micah that says, search my heart, O Lord, and see if there be anything at all that would keep me from knowing you, loving you, and hearing you. It's this invitation, for lack of a better word, to the Lord to search your heart. And he's always so gentle in the way that he does it, but he'll put your finger on something that has taken up resonance in your heart, in your life. And he'll ever so gently, ever so lovingly say, um, that needs to go. That needs to go. This has no place, no business being in your life. So let's get that out. Let's get, this isn't right. This is wrong and it needs to go. Psalm 27. It's a, a Psalm of David again. Verse uh, one, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? That's rhetorical, by the way. (laughs) The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You almost get this sense that he's taunting in asking, who shall I fear? In other words, because the Lord is my light and my salvation, I will fear no one. My daughter the other day, we were, um, I forget what we were doing. She asked me, she says, what are you afraid of? And I, I, one of those you know, questions where 
you, you know, you find yourself just almost a, a knee-jerk reaction. And I said, I fear nothing. And she, so she starts, are you, really? So she starts listing things. Are you afraid of cockroaches? No, I'm not afraid of cockroaches. And she starts going down this list of all the things that she's afraid of. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not afraid of anything or anyone. And the reason I'm not afraid is because the Lord is the strength of my life. Really? Who, who would I be afraid of? And then I was a, one of those teachable moments where you talk about the healthy fear. You know, there's an unhealthy fear and then there's a healthy fear. And the healthy fear is the fear of the Lord, which we just talked about. So when you fear the Lord, then you're not going to be afraid of anything or anyone because the Lord is the strength of your life. The Lord is your light and your salvation. Now, it's interesting because we get a glimpse into what David is kind of experiencing at this time. In verse 2, he says, When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, this is pretty graphic, (laughs) just speaks to the viciousness of his enemies and his foes, he says. But then he says, they stumbled and fell. (laughs) Take that. Verse 3, though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord That will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now, verse 6, my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. And then verse 7, he sort of turns a corner instead of talking about what he's going to do. He's now talking to the Lord. And he says, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. Ah, I love that. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Are you a part of a community of believers? 
If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 